everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've met through the Catholic podcast community online, specifically Instagram, and she is the host of another scripture podcast, A Shower of Roses. She was also a theology teacher and is currently the director of parish services at a parish in Philadelphia. She is the creator of another project I'm very excited to be a part of, the Catholic Podcast Collective. It's Jenna McAndrew. Hi, Jenna. Hey, Julia. How are you? Is that intro makes you sound so busy, busy, right? Oh, it is a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is busy. But then I think back to when I was a teacher um, and Mm -hmm. like, you're a teacher, so you know, and I don't like, I don't know how I would have handled like my life presently if I was still teaching. So like (laughs) the Lord is good and knows when, you know, you need a mental health Break. Yeah, teaching <laughs> teaching in pandemic isn't easy for sure. Um, oh my gosh! Well, why don't you tell us even a little bit more about yourself? That yeah. what else are you up to? Yeah. So, like Julia said, my name is Jenna McAndrew, formerly uh, Jenna Violi, but I got married in October, so now my last Congratulations. name is different. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, like Julia said, I was uh I I went to college to be a music teacher. Actually, I was a music education major, so I graduated with my teaching certificate. But towards the end of my my senior year of college, I just felt this tugging on my heart that the Lord was like calling me to something different. And I, you know, it was my senior year. I wasn't going to change my major, but <laughs> I there was just always this prayer on my heart, like, Lord, if you want to, if you want me to teach theology, like, I think I would love to do that. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. My degree is not in theology, but like, if that's your will, I'm totally open to it. Um, and as it happened, um, my alma mater, one of the theology teachers was stepping down, um, and retiring. And so I went in and said, I would love this job. I will do my master's in, in, you know, theology, if you give me the job and it worked out and I taught theology for four years and I got my master's in religious and pastoral studies. Um, and I absolutely loved teaching. And one of my favorite things about teaching was taking my students um, to the chapel and we would read the upcoming Sunday's um, gospel together and we would just kind of pick it apart um, and I'd get try to give them some context. I would play a, a song of reflection afterwards and this idea kind of came from a Bible study that I was in in college called Word and that's exactly what we would do. The same thing, we would get together, read the gospel from the upcoming Sunday, do some Lexio with it. And then just kind of, you know, reflect and discuss. And that's just always been something that I loved. Like I loved really getting to like the nitty gritty context of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so that Bible study and th- doing that with my students is really what inspired the podcast, A Shower of Roses. Um, the name comes from St. Therese, who, you know, we all know she's called the little flower. And one of her promises before she died was that when I die, I will, I will send down a shower of roses. I will spend my heaven doing good upon the earth. And her whole thing was the little, her little way that all these Mm -hmm. little things that she did in her life could, you know, could all be a prayer. And so that's my, you know, my concept with this podcast is that it's like a little thing that I can do, you know, as an offering to God. And if it helps just one person, 
you know, grow closer to him, then I feel like I've done my job. Um, and something, something that I feel really passionate about, obviously, as a, as a practicing Catholic is I want people to be at mass. I want people to love their faith as much as I do. And, you know, it's, it's sad and it hurts us to see people leaving and walking away from the body of Christ. And I understand, I really do the, the reasons that people walk away from mass because of the sexual scandals among the clergy, because they think mass is boring, because they don't understand the, all these Old Testament readings. So I can't fix all of those problems, but, the <laughs> no. one, but I can do a little bit, right? And so if I can provide some context to scripture and help people prepare for mass so that when they walk into mass, they already understand the readings then then that's something that I can offer up. So that's, I've been doing the podcast for about uh, a year and a half and um, I get I to, that. oh yeah, I get to talk with, you know, about scripture with people like you and all the fabulous guests I've had on. And um, yeah, it's just been such a blessing. I love that. Thank you for sharing. I love hearing the concept behind your podcast and it makes so much sense. Um, and it's in the spirit of teaching too, right? I mm -hmm. think for, for me, starting the podcast was over in quarantine like, how am I going to teach if we don't go back to school and what's that going to look like? So, um, but I like your perspective of this is like, we're all doing the little things that we can do, right. you know, to spread the gospel. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. We, you have picked a passage and I can't wait to ask you like why you picked this passage, but I'm gonna have you read it first. So you've chosen a passage from Matthew's gospel, chapter six, verses 25 through 34. And whenever you're ready, I'll have you go ahead and read that. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Awesome. So much good stuff there to get into. I want to give our listeners a little bit of kind of where this is in Matthew's gospel. So this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, chapters five, six, and seven are Jesus kind of just giving us instructions about how to be followers and disciples. And so this particular passage um, in chapter six, he's giving us a lot of important instructions. The chapter begins with some important teachings on fasting and prayer, which we'll hear during Lent. And it also has the Our Father in it. So a lot of kind of instructions on prayer. But this particular passage, um, he's kind of making some commentary. And, he, and the heading for this passage is Dependence on God. Mm -hmm. So I can't, can't wait to get into what you think. I mean, there's so many beautiful things here. So 
Um, Jenna, why'd you pick this passage, first of all? Um, Matthew 627 has just kind of been like my mantra for several years. Can any of Mm. you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? Mm. Um, (laughs) I think I first really got to know this reading when I was in high school, I was in a musical called Godspell, which Mm -hmm. is based on the gospel of Matthew. It's a musical. Um, they made a movie of it in the seventies. It's like Mm -hmm. super hippy dippy, but (laughs) it's a really, really great show. The music is fabulous. And so this whole passage is in the show. So I think that's really where I first got familiar with it. And the language of it is so beautiful i love the bit about you know the flowers and how gorgeous flowers are and yet like they're we are worth like a million times more than a flower to god you Mm -hmm. know what i mean just like everything Mm -hmm. in here really speaks to me um i really like that this is a passage that i could give to a friend who's totally non-religious if they were Mm -hmm. going through a stressful time Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I love obviously the religious teachings of the Bible, but I do think that that's something cool about this passage is that it's, it's not too harsh. You know what I mean? It's not hard to understand. Um, and I think it's just really consoling to me that there's literally no point in worrying about the things that I can't control. So it's just this mantra that I go back to um, in times of stress that, that I can't, make my life any longer by worrying if anything it's going to make my life shorter (laughs) yeah so you know I just need to give up my worry about things that are out of my control and I think you're totally right I think that this passage is something that any everyone can relate to um I think you know especially in our times right now worry is and it's just something our, our American culture it's so stressful we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for many reasons so I think you're right. I think we could give this to anybody and they would be like, oh yeah, you know, if the grass is taken care of and the birds are taken care of and they all manage, like certainly we will be taken care of as well and it will work out. Um, something that stands out to me about this is the mention of Solomon because maybe we can geek out because we're both theology teachers yes. or form, former theologists. I just recently taught about Solomon and so he's, you know, this great king, David's son. Um, he doesn't always remain faithful to God, but he definitely was known for his wisdom. Yes. And and this passage kind of reads a little bit like the wisdom books to me, mm, like especially, yes. at the, you know, how like wisdom's got a lot of proverbs and just kind of wise sayings and snippets. And I feel like the end especially is kind of like that, like, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. I feel like that's very super Solomon-y. proverbial. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely. I don't know if you want to, if you wanted to speak to that or. No, you're right. Maybe that's what I was getting at earlier, that it, it definitely reads more like a proverb. Mm-hmm. than anything else um or and like yeah like the wisdom books um the just those like little kind of one-liners that that kind of speak for themselves you know what I mean mm-hmm. especially at the end there I think the beginning part you know it's very much about um well I guess the beginning too now that I'm looking at it but um there's so much here that I don't even know where to begin like where we can dive in but the purpose of this podcast is to try to you know apply scripture to our world. And we've both just kind of said how much we can relate to this and how we can pass this on. So what do you think it is about this that we can also relate to? Like, how is this so universal? Well, I think everyone has anxieties and worries. Mm -hmm. I think like, just like the older I get, the more we see, you know, as the years goes on, we see like anxiety 
is not getting any better, like globally. Right. If anything, right. it's becoming much worse. Um, and I think people have all these remedies that they try to solve it with. And I'm not saying, you know, if you have severe anxiety, take anxiety medication if that's right. what your doctor <laughs> says to do. I'm not saying right. that. But I think we try to self, you know, medicate with weed and with alcohol and with meditation and yoga. And I'm not saying that meditation is bad, but like, how about you go to the source? You know what I mean? And reading this passage, the even just the, I love this bit about the birds. Like, I, I think what I also like about this passage is that there's a lot of nature references, which kind of calms mm -hmm. the mind when you mm -hmm. visualize it in your head. Maybe that's something else that I, that speaks to me about this passage. Um, but I think this just, this passage kind of just speaks to our humanity and mm -hmm. that we all have so many worries and anxieties and God knows that. And he sees that it's not, mm -hmm. he's not ignoring it. Um, and I think some of us do feel like sometimes we're, you know, God's too busy for me and God's ignoring me. So maybe mm -hmm. this passage is a bit consoling in that aspect as well, that it reassures us that God, God's got us, mm -hmm. you know, he, he knows what's going on. Yeah. I think that we all just want to be seen, right. Mm -hmm. We all want to be, um, known that we're taken care of. And, um, I know that I've, I struggled a lot and I think this is typical for maybe most women and, and people in their teens and twenties, like with it, with depression and knowing your worth. And I feel like this passage really in my twenties, particularly like was a good reminder of my worth because again, logically, if birds are valued, <laughs> you know, right. and like these items of nature that you, that, you know, that you just pointed to, if all of these things are valued and have worth, then how much more am I worth something? Of course, you know, especially being made in God's image. So I feel like this is a good reminder of that too. I think a lot of us struggle with our self-worth and the reason we do dive into all of the other, all these other things are trying to like find our identity in something, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, and I, like you, like, I, I, I don't know, I, I've tr tried to search in other places and I think we all have our different coping things. Um, but this is certainly a good passage to like focus on the nature and just like how all of us have a place and purpose. Mm -hmm. um, it's very peaceful. Yeah, it is. I think also, as you were talking, what struck me is that this might also be a really good passage that reaffirms for us just God's existence. Because yeah. I'm thinking as you were talking about, about self-worth and about the flowers and how he talks about in verse 29, not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. So like these flowers are so gorgeous. I mean, I don't think there's anyone in the world that would say like flowers are dumb and ugly. <laughs> like flowers are amazing. And it's so cool that there's so many different types. And if you really look at a flower, just the detail and just one flower of like the colors and the petals and the way that they fade into each other. I mean, there's a reason that there's people that, you know, take care of and study flowers for their whole life. And when you think about it, we don't, it's not necessary that God made all those different types of flowers. The reason we have flowers, part of it is pollination. Like pollination could have been achieved through just one type of flower. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And yet I think flowers are a really good example for us that God just loves to delight us with beautiful things. Like he loves to fill the world with beautiful things because he knows that they bring us joy. Mm -hmm. um, like the yeah, that's very, you know what I mean? So that, 
That makes me think of St. Therese. So it's very, yeah. you know, Therese. Like, yes. Doesn't she have that passage in A Story of a Soul where she talks about that we're all like the different types of flowers and equates yes. those flowers to us? Um, but I like what you're saying that like these, these flowers are, um, and that goes back to Genesis too, like everything was created mm-hmm. for our, for our, we have to take care of it with, with all of that comes responsibility, but yeah, no, we're all very unique, just like flowers and those flowers are there to bring us joy too. And, um, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that just struck me how Teresian, how St. Therese of you <laughs> <laughs> to the um, point of the flowers. No, you didn't cut me off at all. Exact, And that's exactly it. It's that it's that just like that's what strikes me is that it's not it wasn't necessary that god made all these different types of beautiful flowers and yet mm-hmm. he did it anyway mm-hmm. you know just as a way to bring us joy and to go back to the point too about just i think a lot of people can relate to this and even if you're not catholic or christian or religious um when at the beginning of the year i teach a little bit about what we talk about natural revelation how we can know about god through nature and through our minds and our reasoning, our logic. And on a very sixth grade level, I try to teach them some Thomas Aquinas, like the proofs of the existence of God, yes. right? And that every everything has a purpose. And that's a way that you can explain something to maybe, you know, the whole point of the, the um, Aquinas, like five proofs is to try to persuade someone who maybe doesn't believe in God or isn't religious that there is a God. You know, you can point to the fact that everything, like a flower, knows what to do, has you know, it doesn't have intellect, but it is able to function and achieve its purpose on its own naturally. And that's like, that's phenomenal, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, and so how can we, and certainly we explain that with science, but also with faith. Um, so that just also kind of made me think about the, the flowers and the purpose of this uh, passage too, um, yeah. to try to teach us about God's existence. Um, the heading is dependence on God. So really then it's interesting. He's telling us not to worry so that we can fully then rely on him and let him take care of it. And so how beautiful that is that we have a God that like wants us to fully rely on him and let him take that, our burdens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's not in a way where he like, he like loves like that we need him like in this like weird twisted way, but he just loves being our father. Mm -hmm. He loves you know, he, lo- he is our father. And so a father's joy and job is to, is to take care of their, of their child and a child needs their father. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. are dependent on our fathers. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a really good image and point too. I, again, I'm like always stuck in the old Testament because I'm teaching <laughs> all these things right now. So we talked about Solomon and then right now in my, my classes, we're talking about the Babylonian exile. So we're doing the major prophets Ooh, yeah. and uh, Jeremiah also comes to mind when I hear this, because we're talking about reliance on God, dependence on God. And the very famous quote from Jeremiah is like, I'm going to paraphrase. I know not, you know, the plans I have for you are for your welfare, not for woe, right? So another reminder that like God's not going to do anything like that isn't going to be for our welfare or for our our best interest. I think that's another like in the same vein as this, like just reminding us that everything that happens is for our good mm-hmm. and to believe to believe that and trust that and comfort. It's a very comforting yes. passage. What yeah. else do you love about this passage, Jenner, or what else strikes you about it? Um, I was actually going to pick your brain because I think the one thing that might bother me about this passage is that like Jesus is telling us that God knows what we need. Mm -hmm. Like he knows that we need to eat. He knows what we need to drink. He knows that we need clothing, but yet there are so many people 
that do mm. not have those things that don't mm-hmm. have food that don't have water that mm-hmm. don't have clothing so like uh, i don't know i didn't mean to turn this back on you but i'm just thinking about like yeah. what do we say to those that read this passage and say well does god not love me then because i don't have yeah. the f- i don't have food i don't have the food that i need no, I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really, I'm always happy to bring in like Catholic social teaching into these these things because I think it's a really good question. It's easy for us to say like, oh, we shouldn't worry. Everything's to be provided when, you know, we have most things provided for us in the positions that we're in. I think then that goes to our what our church teaches about having to be in solidarity with others and to put the poor first, the vulnerable first because not every, not every, all the resources are equally distributed because of our, because of our humanness and our original sin and the effects of our original sin. We haven't, we haven't distributed the goods like, like they're supposed to be distributed. So I think to answer your question, I think that is then back on us, like not to cause us anxiety or worry, but that is a responsibility. Like, like we were saying earlier, we've been given all these things. So for those of us who have been given these things, it's our responsibility to share. Um, and that puts, you know, just like too much is given, much will be expected. And I'm again, paraphrasing, but, um, yeah, I know. I think that's how I I think I would turn that back on those of us who have, have privilege that we need to, to be God's hands and feet and Christ's feet in those situations, you know? Yeah. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) Because that, (laughs) that helps me, I, I think like wrestle with that with that concept but you're so right like it's not that we don't have the proper amount of food on this earth to feed everyone we have an overabundance it's just not being properly distributed Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. god is providing but some of us are hoarding or making it very hard or difficult for people to have access to it so that's where the social justice piece comes in and he gives us freedom you know what i mean he doesn't He's never going to force us to, to make right. sure that that it, our resources are equally distributed. He's given us the tools, and we have to, we have to, you know, use them properly. Right. It all comes back to that Genesis story. Um, you know, we've already kind of referenced it, and the fact that the creation stories, everything's created for us. But again, that that responsibility. Then we have to take care of the earth. We have to take care of our brothers and sisters. And Jesus is cert- Jesus certainly emphasizes that throughout the Gospels too, you know. So I th- I think like he says this, but then he knows. I mean, later in the Gospels, he's talking about like the Good Samaritan and people who don't have as much, and then encouraging us that we need to to step up in those moments, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think that they contradict. I think that they they work together, but we have to kind of put the pieces together. Yes. Good. I'm glad. This is why we're doing this. This is why we have the conversations, yeah. right? To kind of help each other and walk each other along. So we've covered a lot, like the nature of this, the universality of it. Um, what else stands out to you or what else would you like to say about this passage, if anything? I think just that last verse, verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Hmm. That mm-hmm. I think we all need to learn from that. I think there are some of us that... Um, I think especially because people are a lot of people are working from home right now. I've heard from many people that it's very difficult for them to put their work away now because mm-hmm. it's at home with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that creates even more anxiety because we're constantly thinking about the things we, that we need to get done. And it's so tempting to just do them because your laptop is right there. You know yeah, what I mean? 
Um, but I think that that kind of ruins this, that we need to let our work be our work and our life be our life. I think it's important and healthy to keep those things separate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, looking at this verse, tomorrow will take care of itself. I think it's really important for us to learn, okay, my day of work is done. I'm shutting my laptop and the work will still be there for me tomorrow. And to, and to, I think it's important for us to learn to compartmentalize our work and our personal life or else it can just take you over and we become just workaholics who never, who never stop. And we, and our work becomes our life instead of, you know, God and family being our life. And this work is this, this thing I do, which is good, but it has a start time and it has an end time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good point. I think that this teaches us a lot about the present moment, which is also always such a struggle for so, um, you know, that, that really does tie in with the anxiety piece. You know, we, we have, yes. as you mentioned earlier, like just become such an anxious society. And I think part of it is we're just acknowledging more about mental health and um, advocating for it more. But I do think we have created, because we've become so, um, work is such a priority and that's such a, especially in America, like kind of one of our things that we value, um, we make ourselves so anxious about it. And so this teaches us too. just, we can cure that by focusing on the present moment as much as possible. You know, yeah. I like that line that like sufficient for a day is its own evil. You know, we got enough, enough to worry about in this one day. We don't yes. need to be worrying already about the head, but I'm like the worst. I'm, you know, I'm constantly a planner. I'm constantly thinking ahead and it can be a good thing, but if right. it's starting to stress us out and worry, then we just need to like take the breath and focus on the present. Yep. I'm thinking of like the people that, and I get this way too, that have like the Sunday scaries that like can never yeah. fall asleep <laughs> properly on a Sunday night. That's always me. And it's not because I'm necessarily worried about work. It's just because like, you're like, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Like, even if you love your job, no one enjoys Monday mornings. Right. um, Because we're just anxious about having to do stuff that we didn't have to do over the weekend. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. when I read this verse, I think of that Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, like anxiety that creeps in. Um, And I think that's, that's all the more important than to just rest in prayer even more lean into prayer, you know, that Sunday night or in these moments when you're, um, when you feel like you're too busy, you're too worried. I always think of that, um, the story about St. Teresa's, um, nuns in Calcutta and they went to her and said, sister, we don't have time for a daily holy hour. We need Mm. to be out there serving the poor, doing your work more. We need to be, we don't have time for a daily holy hour. And she said, okay. And then she doubled it and she made them do two holy hours a day. <laughs> and and I think that's so important that in these moments where we feel like there's so much work to be done, I have so much to do tomorrow. Like we, we're not going to be able to do any of that well if we haven't properly fueled, fueled ourselves and filled our tank, you know, with, with God time with him. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And like I mentioned in the opening that the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is, and this passage comes in between parts about prayer. So I think you're absolutely right that this is connected to, do you not want to, you don't want to be anxious. You don't want to add another day to your life. You don't, or whatever, worry about tomorrow. Um, Prayer is certainly the, the anecdote, right? Like the prayer is the the thing that's going to help you to not worry so much and to put that on God. So I think you're absolutely right to connect those things. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this? 
No, I think that's, I think we hit every, dissected every single little line in here. I just, I just love, I really love this passage very much. And I'm so thankful that you gave me the opportunity to talk about it with you. Absolutely. I think it's always a good reminder. You know, I think there's someone on the Mount. There's so much to it. There's such of these little like nuggets and it's nice and easily accessible. You have yes. the different separate headings and, and this is a good one that you like we've said, you can just kind of pull out, remind yourself of it. You can share it with other people. And I think it's one that we can all relate to. So thank you for picking this passage. You're welcome. Um, at the end of the podcast, I like to give people an opportunity to plug. And as we said, you've got a lot of things going on. So what would you like to, to share with us that we can check out? Yes. Yeah, so you can listen to A Shower of Roses on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever else you get your podcasts, Amazon. Um, and you can subscribe if you want to leave a rating and review. That'd be great because it just helps the show show up in people's suggested um, listens. And I don't really care about that. But if it helps people listen to the readings before going to mass on Sunday, then that's all I care about. Um, and you can find out more about the podcast at a shower of roses podcast.com. I'm on Instagram at a shower of roses. Um, you can also learn more as Julia mentioned, we're starting this project called the Catholic podcast collective, which is just a place for Catholic podcasters like me and Julia, anyone else that is Catholic and has a podcast to collaborate. Um, and for people to just get to hear more, good Catholic content. Um, so we are on Instagram and Facebook at Catholic podcasts. The trailer for it is out and, um, yeah, we're really excited about that. Yeah. I think yeah. that's pretty much everything. <laughs> it's so, you're, I mean, I, I love that you're doing that. It's so cool to have all of us come together. We've met a couple of times and just, you know, trying to support each other's shows, be guests on each other's shows and then like support and advertise when, you know, each other's stuff, because I'm sure that, you know, most people that would be interested in your podcast might be interested in mine and all and all the other great content that's out there. There's so much good out there. So I love that we're working together and it's not a competition. We're trying to lift each other up as it should be, you know, it's, it's sharing the gospel. So yes. it's so nice to have that support. Um, and as, and I'm not, I'm not perfect at this. So I love having your all's help. So it's really a really cool project. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you for being a part of it and, and everyone that's, that's, and if you have a Catholic podcast and you're listening to this, reach out to us on Instagram and we'll get you hooked up. Absolutely. And if you want to talk scripture with me or be a guest on my show, you can find me at seven mile chats on Instagram. Also, if you want to talk teacher stuff with me or stream projects or education, you can find me on Twitter at Ms. Struckley, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. And thanks again, Jenna, for being here today. Thank you, Julie. I so appreciate it. Bye, everyone.